0: Thanks for listening to this complete bonus episode. After coming home and editing this podcast, it was laid on my heart to pray for my interviewee because this took courage, humility, and love to share this particular story to the world. And so I really appreciate Rochelle for coming on. Thank you, my sweet friend. Thank you. And Lord, mm, Lord, I pray that this interview was handled in a way that pleased you and glorified who you are and not ourselves. Knowing that your ways are above our ways as the heavens are above the earth. Aldenai, my Lord, Rochelle and her family need you. Become their guider, provider, and their advisor, oh God. Please give Rochelle the strength to put on your whole armor, oh God so that she may be able to stand against the wiles of Satan himself. Keep her protected from harmful thoughts and down-spirited emotions, O oh God. For your word tells us, for your word tells us that we do not wrestle Not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, O God, in high places, O God. Your word tells us, wherefore take unto us the whole armor of you, that we may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, O God, you told us to stand, therefore having our loins girt about with truth, All saints, oh God, hear my cry as we move forward. Speaking your word, we all need your full armor and understand that we are lost if we do not have your spirit, oh God. Rochelle's story was to help others. Please, God. Please, God, if anyone is out there dealing with similar situations, oh God, I ask that you encamp your ministering angels around them and give them a message of hope, love, and grace, oh God. I am coming boldly before the throne in the courts of heaven, Lord. Please heal us, guide us, and make the mystery of the gospel known. Grace be with all that love you, oh God. In sincerity, Lord, they love you, and I pray that my listeners take this bonus episode and be come faithful in serving you, oh God. We love you, we honor you, and we glorify you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Welcome to Arranging Us with Carventa Collins, the show where Carventa breaks down ideas and views on women's topics in a demystified way. The key is to put things in a neat and suitable sequence to bring out the most satisfactory adjustments in women's lives. This show will enable listeners to affect change, create new awareness, and move right into action while keeping in mind the bigger picture of balancing family life, social life, and last but not least, spiritual life. Now here's your host, your biopsychosocial life coach, Carvinta Collins.
0: is a special episode because this is my first interview with a good friend of mine sharing nuggets of information concerning stress. Since I am finished breaking down all the forces that helped us understand stress better, I thought it would be so beneficial to have a testimony to end this topic on a high note. Now it's time to welcome my guest, my friend, one of the women i respect and cherish rochelle johnson welcome sis
2: hi thank you so much i'm super excited to be here yeah thanks
0: for joining us Um, do you know that you are my first interviewee on this podcast?
2: I do now. That's (laughs) awesome.
0: And thank you, sis, for, you know, accepting my invitation. Yes. I genuinely appreciate it.
2: Thank you. So
0: before we start, I have to ask, how are you balancing today?
2: Oh, very well. I feel so good this morning. I really do. I am joyful in my spirit, and I actually, um... You'll get to know me I'm a little bit silly. Um, it just even in your intro, um, you said you were gonna introduce a good friend of mine sharing nuggets and I'm like, "Who the heck is sharing nuggets <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said sharing nuggets, and I'm like, who is that? I'm like, that's not me. That's not my name. I'm like, oh, sharing nuggets of information. Okay. I love it. So I had to break the ice and uh, let you guys know who I am. I'm I'm silly by nature, and so and that will probably come about later because that helps a lot in my stress relief. So. Wow, wow,
0: okay, so I decided to have you on this special episode because of your experience with stress, Mm. but before we embark on that journey, please explain to my listeners a little bit of information about you, who you are, your profession, and what you like to do in your spare time, because that's important, right?
2: Yes, yes, Um, I am a mother of three children. Um, Elijah, Ezekiel, and Zoe. So they are 15, almost 13 and 10. Um, And I'm married, I've been married for 14 years and um, my husband and I just have so much fun together. His name is David. Um, And they are my whole world, my hope, my joy, all of that. Um, I just love them so much. But uh, I am a respiratory therapist and As you all probably know, since this is 2022, you might be listening to this later, but um, we just went through two years of a lot of stress, Um, just constantly running into crisis situations, and um, it was tough. It was really tough, and so um, God has taught me a lot about how to deal and cope and things that... um, just weren't working and, um, how I could renew and refresh my soul. So, okay. So can you
0: go a little deeper into what you do or like when COVID was gone, what was your job? What was your position?
2: Oh, so respiratory, that's a good question because a lot of people don't know. Some people think we just give breathing treatments, but basically you're kind of like a nurse for the lungs. Um, and since COVID was a respiratory virus, um, basically every single covid patient uh that was critical enough we would be running to their side Um, whenever they were in a stressful you know situation their oxygen dropped which it did constantly uh drop we would just be running from room to room to room um, and these patients were in complete distress Um, a lot of them didn't have their family by their side and so it was very much uh, an emotional battle as it was a physical, and so we had to be, we didn't have to be, but m- uh, my personality, I just felt the need, the pull to be that emotional support as well as, um, you know, just supporting their respiratory needs. So we would run, you know, from room to room with our devices, you know, being, uh, putting people on different machines and, um eventually a lot on the, ended up needing a ventilator, um, which is the life support. And we also, um, pull care. So that is another difficult part of, uh, the journey is to have to, um, when families decide that it's time to pull the plug, so to speak, um, that would be our job to do that as well. So.
0: Okay. this. A lot. It's a lot of stress. <laughs> and we'll probably get back into that, like, yeah. in the middle of the um, interview. Yeah. So the first question I really, really have after how are you balancing today, the first question I have about stress, personally, how mm-hmm. do you define
2: stress? Oh, how do I define it? Um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that just on my one-minute um, ride over, and I think the important thing to differentiate is um, stressors. There are a lot of stressors in your life, um, in, in my life, I suppose, that, um, you know, things that come in that cause, can cause stress. Um, and I feel like it, a lot of the stress we let ourselves um, kind of get into um, is chosen. And so I had to realize that I was letting stressors into my life. And the more stressors that you let in, the more stress that, you know, encompasses and comes on your body. And, you know, some of that you can't help. Some, sometimes life just happens and it's hard and it hurts and things happen to your family and, um, and it causes that emotional distress. Um, but other um stressors we're really choosing to let in our lives and you know we have to be mindful of that so i guess that's my roundabout answer to that question
0: yeah that's good that's Mm. good so what does stress feel like to you when you're going through it like different stressors might feel differently yeah yeah it feels
2: like emotional distress i would say like that would be a another kind of synonym for it Um, you know anxiety comes with it Um, for me a lot of depression came after I had allowed you know stressors for two years into my life Um, but it feels it feels like you're on edge you know and I think everyone kind of understands that you know when you're stressed you're just on edge you know, you can be sharp with your family. Um, sometimes stress pushes you to those, to those levels of, um, depression and you just, you can't handle anymore. So your you know, your spirit and your body just kind of lowers to a point of, um, you know, not being able to function even so. You mentioned
0: distress, so that's funny because that was like the next thing I wanted to talk about. So how do you recognize distress from eustress?
2: You know, distress is is very, you become emotionally disturbed. Whereas I would say, you know, the stress that you um, kind of step into with planning and things like that, it's it's more subtle it can affect and build up over time the more um that you put on yourself it, it's kind of exciting to do some of those things and some people are more planners than other people but um i would say that type of stress sneaks in a little bit um easier than like a, you know loss and grief and things like that those kind of hit you in big waves um so I would say those the distress is more like big waves of emotional, um, you know, lowness. Whereas um, the stress that you would cause, or you're saying you stress, would be, you know, just that planning. Um, it's it's very subtle because um, it comes in kind of behind you as you're doing your everyday life and. Um, packing things into your schedule and it starts to feel like uh, just anxiety building up within you. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of how I would describe the difference between those two. Okay, wow. I like how you said you
0: stress like you causing the stress cuz <laughs> you know, planning a wedding and having so many
2: children. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some it's people a... will say you caused it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a choice though. That's a, that's what I yeah. um am am learning is you have a choice in the matter, you know. You have choices, so. Wow. That's good.
0: That's good. <laughs> It's really good. Okay. So what do you do to find social support?
2: Ooh, it's hard. You know, I think as women and this, I probably haven't been able to ask for help until probably the last year of my life, maybe, um, where I just realized, I don't know how I came to the realization, but like, I don't have to do it all on my own. Um, just because I'm a big help to other people doesn't mean that I don't also need help. You know, I I do need help. Um, so I know when I was under great distress, my husband encouraged me to post in, uh, they, we have a little ladies group at our church, and I'm not, you know, super involved, and especially over the past two years prior to that, hadn't been really involved in, you know, the church at all um, due to COVID and working so much. But um, he was like, I think you should post there that you're struggling. And that took a lot of killing of pride for me Mm. to be able to just put myself out there. And I put myself out there in front of people who I know might not be helpful, Mm. but I had to discern that um, there would be some good that came along with that. And then I reached out to some close friends, you know, who, um, you know, not all of them came through. Uh, you know, people are in different phases of your life. But, Absolutely. Um, I think you have to reach out to more than one. You have to put yourself out to, there to several people. And I think people sometimes get disappointed. They put themselves out there to one person and they might not be in a place in their life where they can um, you know give or pour into you and then they said well I asked for help from this person and they didn't Mm -hmm. help me but you know you really have to try many avenues and then um, you know you'll find somebody who is in a position in their life that they can you know or back and and sometimes it's a little thing one little thing one day from one person you know makes all the difference and they don't have to be alongside you with your whole journey but um, to put yourself out there in a lot of avenues is, is a great um, tactic so that you know you can have the support you need so Wow okay so um, have you ever experienced social strain social strain sure sure Um, I would say, I would say, yes, there's kind of
0: like going to, um, back to what you were just saying, like reaching out to that one person and they wasn't, you know, like help. Yeah. And so it would kind of puts that strain on you because you're reaching out, yeah. but it might not be beneficial yeah. like, the people that you're going to. So, yeah. like, have you experienced, like, not just the support, but, like, just having a strain of just going to so many people and getting so many voices at once to where that added the stress.
2: Oh, yes, yeah. Um, I definitely agree with that. Some people aren't helpful, <laughs> and that's it's hard mm-hmm. to uh, – you just – kind of have to put that out there in your mind that it's okay. You know, it's okay that some people aren't helpful but you need to um, be able to, I guess I don't like to tell people what to do, but for myself I needed to be able to tell myself hey I'm gonna put myself out there and I know there might be a few people who don't understand where I'm at and may say some things that aren't helpful but I'm going to put aside those voices and hear the voices of truth that are coming in. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to let the good things that are coming from me putting myself out there, you know, wash over me. And you know, what's super funny as, as you thought of that um, just in regards to church. And I think um, this person would be okay with me sharing it, but um, this uh, a certain person, actually, from my church really hurt me in the past, and i it was a long time ago, and it was something silly, and I had forgiven her, and when I put myself out there, you know, on that little church page, um, and I hadn't connected with these people in, like, several years, which is crazy, she was the first person to come to my side, and she just came and picked me up, took me for a ride, and it was, you know it was beautiful. So you never know if she would be the last person I expected to be my help for that day. And so you really have to open up your heart and mind that God will use, you know, different people. And sometimes it's disappointing that the people you expected to come to your side don't come, you know, mm. and you have to be okay with that. People are in different phases of their life and God uses different people at different times. And um, you know, don't get, you know, overwhelmed and so discouraged by the fact that the people that you thought should be there aren't there. I think sometimes we get into that, that mix up too,
0: because the people that we thought would be there, if they, if they did carry you through, mm. they would get the glory. mm You know, sometimes, so it's like the person that you didn't expect to come through, you know, it was God. Oh, for sure. You know, it's like this person hurt you in the past and it's like, they came and just sat Sat. with you and wrote with you. And it's like, that had to be God because it wouldn't have been a connection there. Right. So, you know, sometimes when we look up to people Mm. in a sense where it's like, okay, this person has the tools, this person has the resources to help me. um, Sometimes that's not how God is leading you to have your testimony. Right. For sure.
2: For sure. He works in mysterious ways, as the cliche would say, but he really does. Like, he he chooses different paths than he, we think, but they're so good. They're so good. I think you just have to surrender to them, and that's the hard part. Like, mm-hmm. if I would have just remembered the hurt from this person in my past and not have forgiven her... I mean, I forgave her years ago, but... If I had just remembered that and when she called, hey, I'm going to come by and pick you up, I would have said no, you know, if I would have not submitted to it, I would have just been like, you know, no, I'm going to reach out to this person because they're super spiritual, Mm -hmm. you know, and then be let down by that person who I thought was super spiritual and then not opened up my heart to the person who had hurt me in the past. You know, I would have been just stuck, you know, and, and God really, he flips the roles and you have to be open to that, you know, working that he does. So, wow. Wow. Okay. So we're going to shift gears, but
0: we're going back to the first gear we were on. So I know like, um, for the last five weeks, I have given my personal account of stressful events in my life Mm -hmm. and I've noticed that sharing is caring. (laughs) and i have gotten feedback from individuals who said that sharing my stories helps them
2: oh sure sure. so
0: can you share with us the worst season of your life when it came to stress knocking at your door and it's probably going back to the COVID and just seeing people you know in stressful events but how did that stress um become a burden for you to where it became stressful for you outside of your work you know you were carrying that stress to your home and to your beautiful children you mentioned earlier and your husband or like just your um social life like your spiritual life like every area got affected can you speak a little bit on that
2: for sure so i um it it crept up slowly i'm very much a hard worker and um My mind does well in stressful situations. I've actually had bosses tell me in the past that like in the heat of the moment when, you know, the stressful situation is like right upon you, they, I've had my, you know, bosses and and people tell me like, you get calmer. They're like, it's so crazy. Like you do so well under pressure. And so I kind of took that as like, I can handle this, you know, I can handle all of this. I do well Mm. under pressure, you know, but I didn't realize over time the emotional toll that that was taking on me. Um, even day by day, I would offer to take the more critical patients because I do well in those situations. And I, it's just in me to run to the hardest thing that's going on and help. Um, so I I got really um, emotionally attached to a lot of these people because it's also not in me to go and just do my work, you know. I know and serve a big God so that I um, I felt like I needed to be there for them emotionally, you know. I couldn't walk into the room and see someone so distraught and not say, I'm here for you, I've got you you know you're not alone you're not alone i'm with you just breathe just breathe you know so i felt like i needed to be that for them too um and there was no way for me to remove that um just because that's more of a personality trait for me you know other people can kind of remove that but i um didn't have the capability to mm. so um just wasn't in you yeah it just wasn't in me to be able to be like here's your oxygen, here's your BiPAP, you know, whatever. Um, I have to go, so. Um, So, and as respiratory therapists, we really get to know people more. Um, You know, bigger hospitals, you would only take care of people for a day or two, but I work in a smaller hospital, Um, but we were the COVID um, location for our entire city, for our system. So, um, that was a lot. And then even after that, you know, we, we had so many patients that came through that I would just get to know. And I, I love them. I really did. And just to see them fall one after another, after another was like seeing a friend or an acquaintance just leave my life. You so when know, you say fall, die, die, yeah, okay. die like day after day, you know, for a while, for several months, it was, you know. Just every day I went in was seeing um, death of people that I had taken care of for months and um, gotten to know. I thought I was doing okay, and then um, I had thoughts start to come to my head. And I would go home and one of the first red flags that I was like not doing well was my daughter said, "Um, Mommy, you know, why can't you just have a job where you come home and you're okay? Mm. And that like got me right in the gut (laughs) Um, because I would do well and perform, you know, under pressure, but I would go home and just crash. Mm. Um, And I was not, I was not okay. Um, So that was the first thing. And I thought that maybe I needed like a vacation. And so I took a vacation and came back and felt worse because I did so well, you know, being away that going back into it, I had kind of a reference point of, I could be better. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is causing me emotional, you know, distress. And, um, now I'm back and it's just still all here and I'm still in the middle of this, you know, chaos. So, um, after that, it got worse Um, and I wasn't really sure what to do and people say, okay, get help. So I'm like, okay, I need to get help. So, um, I will say it's hard to get help that, that phrase carries so much weight for me now because Mm. in the past I would tell people, you know, go get help, find a therapist, do this, you know, when you're under that emotional distress, it is so hard to just get help. The words, two little tiny words, get help, mean, you know, calling a psychiatrist, calling a counselor, calling, you know, friends to support you. Like, it is very hard, especially when you just don't care, you know, and you're under so much emotional distress, you, you can't even think straight. So to, to say just get help is, you know, I, I come from a, a, a better understanding that people need help getting help, you know, and it's hard. And that is a very hard task to do. Um, so hmm. that's interesting that you say that because
0: I think that's the reason why I started the podcast because it was just laid on my heart that so many people do not just reach out right for help, you know, sometimes they need to be guided.
2: Yeah. They need
0: to feel that comfort. And I felt like, okay, so if I do a podcast and they listen to episode after episode, they'll start feeling that comfort. And and they're getting help not even knowing that they're getting help.
2: Oh, that's beautiful. You know? And so it's
0: like, it's beautiful because then after a while, it's like, okay, if it gets just too bad, it's like, I can reach out. I can call her. I can, you know, email her. I can book an appointment. But sometimes when you tell people to go get help, they really don't know where to go right you know and even though you can go in the yellow page as well nowadays it's google you know you can look on there and see all these therapists or these counselors or these life coaches and it's just like okay but can they really help me right so it's beneficial to you know have this from where I stand yeah. to where they already know where I'm coming from but oh, they sure. they're ready to just you know yeah um dig right into the core of what's going on yeah. so You're exactly right. It's really hard when you're just telling someone to get help. Because I've I've been there where it's just like, I don't even want to get up. Right. Let alone, like, pour my soul out to someone that I don't even know. Right. You know, and and especially, like, in different cultures, you know... um, they believe in going to their families. Mm-hmm. They don't believe going right. to outside sources.
2: Right, Yeah.
0: And then in other cultures, they, they go to outside sources, which is strangers, because mm-hmm. they don't know their family. So that's yeah. most of where stress comes from. Oh, so they want sure. to, you know, communicate yeah. with someone that doesn't know their family about their issues. And so it's just different for everyone, but you are definitely right. Like, it really is really hard.
2: It is hard. Yeah. And I found myself in that place and, and it is, it's like, you can't get from your bedroom to the living room. How can I, how can I go and do all of this stuff? It seems insurmountable. Um, so I did, I did have my husband who helped pull me, you know, A little bit nudge me, he didn't know what to do. That's right, go, David. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't know what to do, but he would nudge me enough to say, Hey, we need to do this, you know. But like, he didn't know either, and he didn't know, you know, it's not like he made the appointments for me and, um, you know, did all the things. I still had to do all of those things. He was just a voice to say, Go ahead, you can do this. Go ahead, you got you. You've got to do this. You've got to move forward. You've got to take a step, you know. Um, so I guess I would say in that, that it's just, um, if you find yourself in that place, I, I we empathize with you that it's so difficult, mm-hmm. you know. It is, it, it's so hard, but just take a step, just one little step. And I also come from an understanding that sometimes there's bad help. And sometimes people fail you, you know, I had my psychiatrist who I thought would be my main avenue of help, like completely fail me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, really discouraged me from reaching out again, like, oh, if he failed me, you know, he didn't do anything to help me. He pretty much just cracked me open and told me I needed to um, be off work because um, I was not doing well. Um, but told me, you know, I can't help you any further right now. You're going to have to wait a month for any more help. And that month felt like... And it's all a part of the system. Yeah. insurance. It's just so many people involved. And it's like,
0: you really become a case to them. Right. They're not a person right. per se because they have to keep moving on or like the insurance claps or like they're not getting reimbursed. And right. And right. I think that was like my biggest thing. Like, um, I never really spoke on it, but the reason why I wanted to just be a life coach is because I can uniquely help people. Right. Right. You know, because it's like when you are a part of the system, sometimes you have these boundaries that shouldn't be boundaries, but right. they are and you can't change it. You right. know, So it was like, do I go along with the system? that I disagree with or do I buck up against the system and I was like I don't want to do both I just want to help Yeah. you know I just want to yep. come from the heart I just want to help people and I feel like this was the avenue or the lane that I can really thrive in awesome. to be able to uniquely help someone that's so beautiful. that makes sense like I I'm not against anyone to help with mm-hmm. all those different titles It, you know whatever yeah. you want to call yourself right. that's fine but right. I know for me it was just like freedom was here freedom was right here where I am able to really look at that person and Mm -hmm. say I am like helping you right I'm not helping the supervisor I'm not helping the facility that I work at I'm not helping myself getting better at the job or you know getting a different position right. I'm not helping the assistant I'm not helping anyone else and then try to help the client because you got so many people you're trying right. to please right so it's like when you're just you know someone's life coach you're pleasing just that person mm. and when I say please it's just to help you know get mm-hmm. that desire to get them out of that that pit yeah you know um so
2: yeah, that's, that's good. And I, I do feel like um, some systems work and, and I did, I did experience some that worked and I did experience, you know, there, there's so many different avenues of help. You just mm-hmm. have to keep trying. There are wonderful psychiatrists out there and there are wonderful counselors and there are wonderful life coaches and there are wonderful friends. There's wonderful family and there's wonderful, you know, Programs at church, you know, or or things like that. Those are all the avenues that, you know, ended up helping me and somewhere, somewhere where I reached out. Those were all my avenues that I reached out to and some were good and some were bad. And so, you know, you live, whoever's listening, somewhere different, you know, so you have to you have to decipher what works for you and start reaching out to these different avenues and seeing if they work.
0: Absolutely. So we're saying, you know, help is out there guys. We're not saying like it's one way to get help. You are unique. Right. So you have to make sure that you explore, even though we're saying get help, we know it's hard, but Mm -hmm. you have to explore what benefits you because we're on the outside looking in we really we can do what we can do but again so it's not like like she was saying i'm not against the system and i'm not for it it just depends on where what system i'm in at that point of time i could be at this facility and see just amazing things thrive but then i can be at others and it's just like wow what is going on you know so i just think you have to um Go back to what I was speaking on in one of my episodes, that emotional intelligence. You have Mm -hmm. to sit down and really look at things and say, okay, what is beneficial to me? How do I feel comfortable? And who do I need to reach out to? Because everyone's story is different.
2: Yeah. So um, I guess with that point in my story, um, I did reach out to a psychiatrist. And like I said, they said I couldn't get more, I needed to be off work, but um, I couldn't get more help for another month um, from them. But they told me if things got worse, you know, I could call. Like this specific person told me I could call them specifically. And I reached out and called and called and they didn't answer. Mm. And it was, I got really, really bad to the point where I was very um, suicidal. So... I had to, there was a small part of my brain that functioned normally, um, very small. The, the suicidal thoughts became so overwhelming that, um, I think that's all I could think about for several days on end, um you know, and I had had flashes of suicidal thoughts or ideations before, and that's why I had reached out for help, you know, just flashes here and there, like, maybe I should hurt myself, maybe I should do this, I wish I wasn't here, you know, but they became active thoughts, um, where I began, um, planning things, um, and, you know, I think and when they didn't answer, it was very hard, you know, it was very hard. Sometimes you're in such a deep, dark place that you know that you need help. And there's just a small, tiny little voice that's saying, get help, get help, get help. But in your, in your heart, in your mind, everything is saying, I, I can't, this is all I can think about. This is all I want to do, you know? Um, so... Um, a small little piece of me was like, okay, I'm going to reach out a couple other places. So, um, actually a counselor through my work was a great resource, um, for me. And I had had one session with him that was kind of like a light session. And I, at that point I wasn't doing too bad, but once I got really, really bad, um, was able to call him and he, was so um practical for me and came up with a very um strategic plan like okay if it gets to this point like you need to promise me you're gonna have David take you to the hospital um and then um just several strategic things that I could do um so he he recommended you know a few different avenues with my doctors and things like that and so I ended up being able to go to a nurse practitioner and getting help from just my normal nurse practitioner, um, and that same office with the psychiatrist, I think they had like twenty or thirty there. Eventually, you know, it was it was later a month out. I found someone even at that same office who was a resident, which is surprising because my heart had been turned off. A lot of people's hearts are turned off to residents because they're in training. But I found this, you know, really um, helpful resident even there you know so it's hard you you get offended you can't let those rock rocks of offense keep you from doing what you need to for yourself you know there that psychiatrist didn't have anything against me i don't know why he didn't answer he did fail me but i ended up still using that same clinic and finding like this wonderful resident who Um, was able to just pour into me and and help me with what I needed and was so kind, one of the kindest people I had ever met and talked to. So, um, you know, just keep pushing, had to keep, just keep pushing, just keep trying. And there was only a little bit of will left in me um, to do this. I will say it was very, very hard. So if you're in that place, I understand, you know, that it is, it's very hard and it I don't want to say that I, you know, turned around right away with just that counselor or that avenue. It took several months of very, very hard work to get to where I am. so I understand that too, I think we all want a quick fix and then we also, you know, let discouragement and hurt come in from not getting a quick fix or going, you know, getting better and sometimes you fall back a little bit, you take two steps forward, one step back and it comes in waves, you know, there's different things going on in your life and different, you know, as women, even hormones have a huge effect on things and how how we're doing, so um, I felt that two steps forward, one step back, a lot. But all in all, you're still making steps forward, you know. So um, I guess I would encourage everybody in just sharing my story too. That as long as you're here and you have breath, you know, you just stay where you are, and when you can, take another step. If you can't take one right now, that's okay. Sometimes, some days we can't take steps forward, but you'll get to a place where you can, and it might be a teeny little itty bitty baby step, but just take it when you can. If you- mm. So, um, so from there, um, you know, I started to do better, but it, it, it just was, um, I can't, I can't even. Fathom. I never in my life thought I would be in that place. I'm a very, you know, happy, upbeat person, just silly and goofy, honestly, most of the time. You are. <laughs> <laughs> so to be, uh, to be so low, I-, I never understood suicide either. I never, I never understood that. And I have to be able to speak about it openly You know, I feel like if you just leave things in the dark and everyone kind of is like, ooh, suicide, ooh, they died from suicide, I, you know, and they don't want to talk about it. It's really uncomfortable. Um, Suicidal thoughts, you know, are uncomfortable for people, you know, when you say, oh, I've been having them, you know, it's it's uncomfortable. And hurting yourself, cutting yourself seems like, um, you know, And I personally um, had this notion of, from a childhood, like, oh, you know, the teenagers around me who were cutting themselves, you know, had they just wanted attention or something like that, you know. It was so not the case. Um, My thoughts became so overwhelmingly um, bad that everything I looked at um, became a method to hurt myself. And Mm. I I wasn't trying to think those thoughts. I would just be in the bath and be like, oh, there's a razor. I should cut myself or those scissors. Those are sharp. I need to cut myself with those. And, um, that was very shocking to me that I didn't have control over them. And, um, I am a person who kind of likes to be in control of my mind and, um, Never even really used any kind of substances in my life because I I don't like not being in control. So in those places where I didn't have control and I would, those thoughts would get away from me, um, and that's all my mind could focus on, um, was very shocking and just surprising to me. Now looking back, I just, and even before, I would have never imagined being in that place. Um, and just different items that, you know, I thought i like the, the ideations that just overwhelm you, you know, and I, I understand that. And I understand how those things can overwhelm you and you get stuck and how you, it is very taboo to share that. But I feel like if you bring things to the light, you know, they're not hidden anymore in the dark places. So you have to be willing to speak about them and and if people aren't comfortable with them, find someone who's comfortable with them, you know, um, because you, you need to be able to share so that it's not so deep and dark and hidden and, and that it, it holds so much weight there that it could be a possibility when you bring it to the light. Um, it's, it's just lighter, you know? Um, so, Luckily, I had my husband, and he was not very comfortable, but um, my counselor was. But I knew I had to say, like, hey, I'm having trouble. I need you to hide these objects from me. And he's thinking, what in the world? Like, he's thinking, like, you know, this is absurd. But I, I knew in my mind that if he did not, you know, I would do something bad, and it sounds crazy when you say that to some someone, and they might even think it's crazy because it, it sort of is, to be honest. But and especially that's coming where from you're at a religious background, yeah. too. You yeah. know,
0: some people just like just it. it it's hard to talk about it yes. in that way, you know, and. I even said in my book, it's like some people I say they commit suicide. No, they did suicide. They Mm -hmm. didn't commit to it. That's something that you don't commit to. It's not like you're just committing and really just focusing in on this is what I want to do, you know. But sometimes it just creep in, kind of like what you were expressing. But I think sometimes our family backgrounds, our religious background, like, All these things kind of flow with how you'll respond to it
2: right right well and I think you know I grew out of this probably you know from being in in medical and things like that but there definitely is several years ago I would have thought like I'm sinning if I am depressed you know and and felt shame in that like I didn't trust God or something and the reality is, is I did trust God and you have to trust him in your depression um, that he will pull you out, but you he is, you're in that place and there's no denying that you're in that place. And the more mm. that you try to deny it, the more that it overwhelms you and overtakes you. So you have to recognize like, this is where I am. And it's not that I didn't trust God because I, I did, but at that moment, I, I wasn't going to be able to get out of it. I'm
0: just hearing King David all in you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because that's what he was going through. He right. was very distraught, down-spirited. He was very, very depressed. But for some reason, he just had a little, a little bit of hope. Of hope. Yeah. And he just kept reaching out to yeah. God. He didn't just kind of like go yeah. in a cave and say, oh, I, you know, I'm sinning, God. Yeah. I can't talk to you. I'm hiding my face from you. No, it's like he kept pushing through, yeah. kept going to God's yeah. heart. Like, I don't know. I, Lord, this is everything I'm going through. This is all the stuff I've done. This is what I'm going through now. And he still was just like going and going and right. going to that social support, which is the right. awesome in his God. You yeah. know, that's the awesome um support. But I, that's what I'm hearing. I'm just hearing a lot of like, okay, there's no denying that you're there.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> he didn't yeah. deny that yeah. he was there, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was there. Yeah. But look what came out of it. Yeah. Beautiful songs, you oh, know? like yeah. so good. We, we're singing these songs and don't even realize that. Yeah. All this time that we're singing all of these songs, most of them he was.
2: Right. Stressed. Came from a down. He yes, was he was down. Yeah, yeah. And
0: that's what made him realize that, yeah. okay, you're God. Now yeah. I understand why you're God because yeah. I am going through a human experience. Yeah. Because like you said again, and I want to just keep pressing on this, you're in it. There's right. no denying it. Sometimes it just pops up. It could be a stressful event. It could be just chaos. It can be dramatic. Like you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Right. And when you're in it, you're in it. Right. Yeah. There's no denying that. You're not mm-hmm. God. You 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 you're dealing with that. Right. And it's right. like sometimes right. you just don't know where to go. So I just wanted to put that out there because it's like that's what I'm hearing. You know, mm. it's like, okay, how do I deal with it and while I'm in it and not trying to like just say okay, we're going to have a separate experience. Like, this happened to me, but I shouldn't be in this. Right. I shouldn't be like that because right. I am a Christian or I am this or, yeah. you know, yeah. I am a role model to my cousins. so yeah. I, I cannot reach out, you right. know. Right. So we're trying to take ourselves out of the experience, and sometimes that pushes us forward to get with the Lord.
2: Right, right, right. Um, and even from what you were saying um, just in the Bible, it says the Lord's near to a contrite heart, you know, that's a broken, shattered heart. It's just like a completely oh. shattered place, you know, plate on the ground. If you think of platter, shattered plate mm. on the ground. Girl, say that again. Say that again. The Lord <laughs> is near to a contrite heart. So it's a broken, shattered, it's a shattered heart. So it doesn't oh. say he's near to the, you know, happy, you know, the, you know, joyful, like and not that he's not near to that, but he's near to the brokenhearted. You know, and and it specifically points that out, that that he's there, he's there with you. And so, you might not be able to feel it, but he's there. You know, your thoughts may be all-consuming, but, like the bible also says that he goes to sheol you know for you so he goes to he'll go to hell for you you know to pull you out of hell
0: and also he's here for the sick yeah and so sometimes when i when i look at the world and where we're going we're sick. Some of us are, like, really not understanding how to just function as humans anymore. We label everything. Yeah. And yep. then it's like, but then when you go to certain churches, not all, please do not take this light in churches, not all churches, but sometimes you go in these churches and everyone is polished.
1: Mm, and yeah. it's like,
0: is Jesus here? Because he's here for the sick. Where's the sickly right. people? Where's the sick, this you know? Yeah. And so it's like, when you look at it, when we are going through things, we feel like we can't go there because right. we're sick, but that's where we are right. supposed to go right. when we're sick. And right. he
2: helped sick yes. people, Yes, you know? And all those polished people, it's funny, because you come to find out when you, you know, open yourself up, all of those polished people have the same exact broken stories you do. Mm. And um, I think one of the big lies that uh, – you know come up is that you're only allowed to go through one bad experience and then be redeemed like no wow. god is there and and then you have to be polished and christian and beautiful for the rest of your life you know you you get to be bad or down one part and it's not that way you know work out your salvation with fear and trembling like it, it it's waves life is life life is hard people yes. die you know people hurt you know it, it's It's life and God is here for us the entire time. He's with us the entire time. And um, even even if you have to go through another phase of a dark period, it doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It doesn't mean you don't love the Lord because I wholeheartedly love the Lord. I did, I believed, you know, for those people, prayed for them, and honestly came out of that season mad at God because I I loved him so much, and I believed so much, and he let those people pass, and I didn't understand why. Mm -hmm. And so it was funny because there was a Miracles, um, there was a Miracles uh, uh, sermons at church for several weeks as I was coming out of this and then you know they're trying to like get people to believe in miracles and I had so much faith and it's like God I don't need you know the the faith because I believe I believe with my whole heart I am angry because you didn't and so um, in that God just spoke to my heart one day and he said if you watch a hundred fall will you believe for the hundred and first person will you believe again for the hundred and I'm like, oh and that just got to me you know I don't understand his ways and I don't understand why he let the people die that he let die but he is a redeemer and he is a healer and you just have to keep believing and if I stopped believing and didn't pray for that 101st person you know who who needed to receive their miracle um you know where would they be so um, he just kind of encouraged me in that moment to keep believing. And it's hard. It's hard when you've watched so many fall and you've been disappointed so much in your life to keep the faith. Um, but once you realize and ask God, where are you? You know, and genuinely look and see where he is. He'll show you where he is and he'll show you what he's doing. Um, and I think even in my darkest time, my only prayer was I remember um, sitting at my back window looking out? I have these beautiful ponds out back, and there's a little pergola where we hang our swings. And to be honest, that's where I wanted to hang myself. That's where I wanted to die. Um, and I remember looking out at those that area over the winter, and looking out at it, and and knowing. There was a day that I had planned, you know, where I thought it would be, you know, a good day to die. It was like a snowstorm um, that day. And um, I just looked out there and I said, God, I don't want to live. And this was my only prayer I could pray. I don't want to live, but I said, God, I want to want to live again. And that's all I could pray, and that's all I could see, and that and that was that was all I could utter. You know, I I wanted to die, and I'm like God, I want to die, and I don't want to live, but I want to want to live again. And um, He heard me. I know He heard my cry. Um, and it's funny because I'm in a new season now where I can sit out there. And we almost sat out there today, but it's a little chilly. <laughs> yes. um, we almost sat out there and did this podcast right there. So maybe we'll have to go back and do it sometime. Absolutely. Um, but uh, I can sit there and laugh. Like, it was funny. I'm, I'm sitting there with the swings hanging in the summer. And I'm sitting in that same spot where, you know, the enemy tried to take me out. I'm sitting there with my husband just laughing and in the pl- very place, you know, that um, that I didn't want to live. So, it, you know, seasons change, seasons change and seasons change for me and um, it's so beautiful that now in that very, you know deep, dark place that I wanted to leave this world. I'm able to, you know, get my most life. So I go out there and sit there and it's so peaceful and I can pray and look at the flowers. But yeah, you can live again and God hears you. I know he heard me. I know he heard my cry and I was able to um, take a picture even from that very spot. I took a picture that day. So I also have a picture of that during the snowstorm, that area out back. And I have a picture today of um, what it looks like out there. And it's just beautiful. Wow. So, so storms, beautiful. Storms, seasons, and storms. Yes, go yes, through. yes, yes.
0: Yeah, that was a hard season for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, just being your friend. And again, when we talk about social support, you know, even on the other side, it's hard to be there for someone that, is struggling Mm -hmm. because you really just don't know. And sometimes you just have to um, surrender yourself and just go to the one that does and just like, Lord, you know, help, just help. Mm. Like, I remember it was so many nights where I would just get on my knees and I didn't necessarily know what was going on all the time, but I would just drop and just say in my heart, like, Lord, help. Mm -hmm. It don't have to be me. It don't have to be like, help, just help. Like, you know you know what she needs and, and it's vice versa guys because like she seen me in the bed just really distraught, really depressed. Like um and one thing she said was help looks different for for everyone. Mm-hmm. And for me, I didn't reach out to many people. Um I didn't go see a therapist and this was years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but what made me realize I'm like I need help and in my brain is you go and take over the world. <laughs> so, so for me, like my help went from I'm going to school, I'm going to get my bachelor's in psychology because if I can, you know, understand myself, that was my help. Like, my first initial thought of really seeking out and helping myself was to get into the educational system and start receiving books and just reading and doing self-help books and just getting myself together. Um, I don't know why I didn't just go out and, you know... um, go to someone else that had the resources. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it was just like, I want the resources. Mm-hmm. But I think God knew that it was going to be a big, bigger picture than yeah. just myself. Right. But at that time, I was in my 20s, and I was just like, I need to know why I'm crazy. So <laughs> I need to go get every book that tell me why I'm crazy. <laughs> and the first thing was like, psychology, go, you know. It's like, go to a university, go get your degree. And now, to be honest, guys, it helped. Oh, I mean, sure. it cost a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's better to go get a counselor or a life coach because it just... cost me a lot. But oh, I love that. At at you know, it was a risk worth taking because it cost me a lot. But guys, it's free to you guys. Oh, like for the sure. things that I'm learning and, and I'm speaking on. Yeah, on this podcast is just like just coming from the books that cost. So much to where a lot of people is not able to, you know, get them. Right. And so for me, it was really, really um, beneficial. But we all need help. And it's just different ways we can get help. Now, today, like she said, it's a brand new season. Mm -hmm. So the times that she saw me, she's looking like, I can't believe we're here. I know. (laughs) Because she was picking me up Off the ground, guys, and it was just like, and then she went through her season, and I'm like, I can't believe you're here. It's like, it's just seasons and storms, and 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 and, and, um, summers and springs, and I mean, you just have them all. Is it you can consider it pure joy, you know, that's what the Bible says. It's like, consider your trials and tribulations pure joy Mm. because it it works in you, patience, it works in you, love, like love covers a multitude of sin, like it works in you, humanity and humility, Mm. and it actually kills pride when you yeah. really get down to oh, it. Oh, for sure. And so for me, it's just beautiful to to hear her speak on her testimony because, I mean, we were in the thick of things. Like, <laughs> we were there for each other. Yeah. And, um, but who would have thought we'd be here and we're, we're so comfortable beautiful. with speaking on it, you yeah. know? And I just yeah. wanted to just let that be known out there. I didn't become a life coach because I knew it all. Right. I became a life coach because I was going through it. Mm. And um, I think that's one thing we have to realize that even in those times, you you still know things. You still, right? you know, it's like sometimes you're just like, well, I'm better off with nothing or mm. I'm better off, you know, not being here. And that's not true. I remember a time when I went through something similar and the Lord was just like, okay, die to yourself. Mm. Die to yourself. And I just could not, like, physically, I'm like, you let me go, God? Like, you're giving me over to a reprobate mind. And it was just like, no, like, die to yourself. That's what you're supposed to do. Crucify Mm. your flesh. Let me come in and live through you. You don't have to live alone. Mm. And I think sometimes when we go through those um, situations, we think we're living alone. And he's like, no, you will not have to live alone if you crucify your flesh. This is why I'm here, you know? And I just kept hearing, this is why... I'm here my daughter this is why I'm here and I think ever since then it's just like when I get to that place it's a little different for me now. Cause I'm like, I'm not alone. Right. And I'm still here. Yeah. Like I am still here. And I'm just like, I, I'm here with my children. I'm here with my husband. I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like so much I can give and so much you can give. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's just a beautiful feeling. And even in this season now, like I, I go to a therapist. Yeah. Um, I go to a Christian therapist, which by the way, um, helped me through a lot. Yeah. And now it's different. Like, you think, okay, I went to school for all this, and now I would need that. You know? No, that's not true. still need help. Yes, and it's different things. And he's helping me in areas that I've never wanted to just talk about or deal with. And just generational things and Mm. just getting getting to the root of me. And I just believe, like, wow, that is so beautiful to know that God can use all of it. You know? And so... I I just thank you for that. Yeah. I really thank you for that. But I didn't want to leave you hanging because I'm like, no, no, it's been both ways. You've been there for me. I've been there for you. And, you know, sometimes that social support is really, really good because when you look back, you're like, man, two is better than one.
2: Right. Right. You know? Well, and it looked different. For when I, you know, this is, and you have to, it might be better to, like, give a a gap. I think when you went through, like, the heart of your stuff, it was probably, what, seven years ago or something? (laughs) Okay, so, and when I came to your side, it was just, like, I felt like God told me I needed to be at your side physically there. Mm -hmm. And um, not all the time but like just on specific occasions you know i just felt a pull like i i need to get over there like she's not answering and not all don't always do that though (laughs) because you know really follow the lead of the spirit but there were some times where she's not answering but i felt this pull in my spirit and you know came to your side and you were you know that's when you were at your worst but um then when you came to my side I honestly, and don't be offended, I couldn't handle you Mm. because like I couldn't handle words. And I knew that you're good at talking through things, but I literally couldn't barely speak. So I couldn't handle like being able to talk through things when it got really dark and deep. And I knew that um, even being with you would be like overwhelming for me. So there were times Mm. where I didn't answer her like and I didn't answer her but she went to the throne room (laughs) and I knew it I could feel she went to the throne room and every time she just texted me thinking of you this morning I felt this washing over of the spirit that was like she, she didn't just think of me she prayed for me and she went to the Lord for me and so I knew like and every little text meant the world to me So like, and I want to like, just encourage anyone who's listening that it looks different for different people and people are in different seasons. And so, you know, sometimes like, you know, I had to come and be by your side, Mm -hmm. but sometimes, you know, it's going to God and that's so powerful. It's uniquely you.
0: Yeah. Uniquely you. Cause like that physical, um, that physical touch for me. Because I, I just love to just speak and be around people like that energy was what I needed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um, I needed to see, I needed someone to actually, well, you, <laughs> you know, to grab my hand and lift me off the bed, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and, but you're different. You're totally different. Yeah. And I think sometimes we really need to realize that truth
1: mm-hmm. sets
0: you free mm-hmm. because you were truthful with me. You're like. I am not in a spot to do this, do that. And it was just like, and I I said, sis, what do you want me to do? Mm, I mean, I was still praying, but fasting came into play. Um, Like you say, every day I just text you. And I even said it, I was like... Can I just text you? You know, you don't have to text back. You don't have to explain anything. Just let me be able to just, you know, reach out to you. And I think the fasting and the praying, I mean, it was 3 o'clock in the morning sometimes. I'm just like, I don't know if she's asleep or not, but Lord, I need to intercede. Mm. Um, It was like times where my kids was just like, you okay? Because I felt it. Yeah. You know, I really felt it. And I didn't, it just... I was trying to carry a little bit of the weight for you, and I just felt like, okay, God, um, this is it. This is everything that we read about. Every time that me and you went to church together, every time that we Mm. just did anything, this is is the test. This is where it's at. So what do we do with it, you know? Like, how can we—I mean, of course, we're friends on just, you know, hobbies and activities and things of that nature, but, like, this is where— friendship really lies yeah you know when she's at her worst or when I'm at my worst how do you perceive me how how can we speak the truth to each other how can we relate to each other Mm. how can we really go deep for each other Mm. and I think that's like the amazing thing that came out of it because um we were young yeah, we were young yeah. and we just thought we had the Lord all figured oh, out. Like, oh, did. you got God, you ain't got nothing, nothing <laughs> to, to worry about. about. And I it's oh. like we're in our thirties, and it's just like, oh. okay, we got stuff to worry about. Yep, yep. We still <laughs> we had no so children, we had no bills, we had no new friends, we're yes. adding on church yes. activities, we're adding yeah. on reading the Bible, like trying to get time to read the Bible. It's like yeah. Yeah. it is totally different, and um. I, I just would have never imagined, like, you know, um, me doing daycare for you with your children and you were in school mm-hmm. going for that uh, yeah. profession yeah. and just seeing, like, we thought that was stress.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then you're, you, like... knowing 13 years
0: later. Oh, <laughs> <right>? my gosh. <laughs> Down the line. Right. And I think that's okay. the reason why, like, in my heart, um, I fast for majority of the things that I want to share on this podcast like I really mm. just ask God like can you really um help me you mm. know because I don't know everything and I, I I would never know everything right but I also do know that I got something to share right and I do want to use it in a you know in a helpful way yeah but I do recognize that um when I was talking about stress you just kept popping up to me. Mm. Like, I have, you know, everyone deals with stress. right? But this testimony was just so unique. Mm. And I also was like, for my first interview, I really just want stress to be mm. the topic. Yeah. But me and you, with our friendship, went through so much stress.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And again, like you said, we're sitting here smiling like... yeah. Consider yeah. it pure joy. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying, like, we're happy about it, but the no. joy of it all. Like, oh, you can look sure. back and reflect and say, wow, okay. We didn't expect that, but, you know, you can you can hold hands. You can recognize you stress and distress. You mm-hmm. can recognize social support and social strain. You can recognize, you know, that God is still with you no matter what.
2: Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I just want to say, too, that God can use it. And, um... God can use it all. And you're talking about the verse that says, count it all joy, you know, and and, and it's hard to count it joy. and, And I don't expect anybody to, you know, who's in the heat of it to be able to count the joy. But just know that there will be a season where you can. Mm-hmm. So you can look forward to that hope where there will be a season where you can count it all joy if you just hand it over to God, um, and that's what I had to do. You know, I, I I couldn't do anything else. That's that's all I could literally do. And you know, some people at church will, are you praying? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And I'm like, I can't do anything. I can't. You was stand with up. God.
0: You was with God. Yeah. but you didn't um, relieve it to God. You right. Didn't release it to God. Himself. Well,
2: and I I. I did, I was, I was crying out to God, but I couldn't, I couldn't even like utter prayers because my Mm. thoughts were so, you know, my mind was so affected. There was literally, you know, from all the grief I had experienced, I truly believe that there was a chemical imbalance. Mm. So I believe in the physiological and the spiritual. There was, Mm. there was an imbalance in my brain. Um, from all of the grief that, um, I had experienced and, and, you know, God created our bodies with hormones and, you know, chemicals and things like that. And, um, I think that we forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I couldn't utter a prayer, you know, I got to so dark and so deep that I couldn't even utter a prayer. The only thing I could utter was like, God, I want to want to li- I want to want to live, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that was my point of handing it over to him and giving it to him. Um, and there were, I, and there were several nights, you know, where I would just cry, God help me, but and, and it didn't feel like he was helping, but all in all, he was there looking back. He was there. He was with me in the night. He gave me. Um, this beautiful song, actually Grant wrote um those nights, I guarantee you were praying for me the nights that I was up in the night because the night the nights are worst because you're there's nothing to distract you. you know, my family's not awake to distract me. it's just me and my thoughts. Mm-hmm. and my thoughts just went dark and deep, and i I couldn't find a way out of them. It was like a spiral down into those deep, dark thoughts um and so i guarantee you were praying for me those nights and i i would just cry for help but i i I couldn't stop the cycle of those thoughts um even while i was crying for help even while i believed which is crazy to me you know i i truly believe that i believed but i couldn't stop it um but god Um, it's, it's funny. The verse to this song was, there's a lion in this pit I'm in and it's roaring. This is one of them. You know, I didn't come looking for a fight, but here I am. I'm in this fight, but you're with me. You know, you're with me. There's another in the fire. You know, there's, there's someone with you all over and over again. God, says that he's there. He's with you. And it's so crazy because that was the main thing that I wanted to show to the people in the hospital is that I was with them. Mm. And that's the main thing that God put on my heart to tell them is I'm with you. You're not alone. I'm with you. I know it's hard. I know it hurts. I know you're suffering, but I'm here with you. You don't have to fight alone. And so I could say that you know, to those people, but I couldn't receive it for myself. But God was still there regardless. You know, he was right. in the pit with me. Um, he was in that lion's den, I guess, so to speak. And, um, you know, he He portrays that over and over in scripture. Um, and there will be a day where you can look back and count it all joy. And it might not be right now, but just know, you know, that God is there. And through our voices and us even speaking today, like, he's just reminding you, like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I've got you. I'm fighting for you. You don't have to do this alone. Wow. Wow. We can just end the
0: podcast right there. Okay. <laughs> um. So we went in the pit. Yes. So let's get out of the pit. Let's like, get out. So what's your profession and yes. um, what you were going through, so where are you?
2: now? Oh, I am so well. I'm doing so well. I, you know, what's funny is it, um, life circumstances are not, life circumstances are not great. Um, as far as, you know, I actually took a step back from my job, made this decision to just go contingent, which is basically, you know, you can pick up days when you want to. Um, which I never thought that I would do in my life. I really, you know, went full forward in my career and you know, I'm good at it. And that that's what's hard for me, is that I know that I'm smart and I know that I'm intelligent and I'm good under pressure and I'm good at my job. So um, I had to differentiate, you know, just because I can doesn't mean I have to
0: mm. do it.
2: Um, and just because I'm good at it doesn't mean that that's something I have to do. You know, maybe I'll be good at something else. Maybe I am good at other things too. You know, I'm good at speaking. I'm speaking here today with you. Um, so it's, I think we live in a world where we're very career oriented and we, um, pull our identity from our career and you know you come in and you say when you meet someone they're like what do you do and you're like well i'm a respiratory therapist and you find your identity from that and and i really am finding my identity in you know who i am just as a person in general and that's something that i want to instill into my kids is you know when someone meets you they can just see and feel who you are from just being who you are and not having to explain I'm an orthodontist or I'm this, I'm that, Mm -hmm. I'm doing this, I'm that. You know, um, I'm just in this season where I am who I am. I'm Rochelle, I'm Shelly, I'm Aunt Shelly, I'm so much fun. I am a mother to my children. I love them with my whole heart. You know, it's hard mothering them. Some days our our kids are wild too. Um, I'm a friend, you know, I'm a speaker. I'm so much more than just my job, you know, and um, I'm also choosing to trust God with everything. And I mean everything. Everything. So I, I looked for the stability in a career and I didn't think that I could ever leave that stability. But when that stability became unstable, when um, I realized that, you know, my job was, you know, taking my sanity um, became so unstable in a second. And everything I thought, you know, was so stable for my family was completely, you know, just fell through my hands like sand that I was Mm. grasping onto. Um, So I needed to realize that that couldn't be my source of stability. And Mm. I'm in a season where um, if you looked at it from the world's perspective, I am not stable, you know, as far as career and, and those things but I'm so stable in my soul. Like I have beyond a shadow of a doubt, have um, just this trust in God that he is guiding my steps and he's holding me like each step that I take. And it's uncertain. And I, um, I think that is what I didn't trust before. I didn't trust the uncertainty of a different path and not knowing where I was going next. Um, but coming out of the season and like I said, God can use it. Not that I am joyful that I went through what I went through. I mean, well, now I can count it all joy, um, but it hurts and it was hard and Mm -hmm. I didn't like it, you know, and, um, I don't like the saying, you know, everyone says everything happens for a reason. And I hate that
1: (laughs) saying, I really hate it.
2: Um, nobody wants to hear that when they're going through like pure hell sometimes, you know, it really is. It really is. Sometimes you're going through those deep, dark places. Um, but I know that God can use it and he used it to give me this trust that's just unshakable that if he can take me through that, if he can pull me up out of that pit, then he can take me to tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That is so uncertain. You know, it's, and say, worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah.
0: has its own worries. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. and he's letting you know right there. Like, yeah, it has its own worries. Yeah,
2: yep. Which means <laughs> we're always gonna have <laughs> we them. We need to manage our stress. <laughs> we do. And choose and choose to choose which stressors to let in. That is one thing that I wanted to like say is like, I had the choice. and and it's hard for me to admit this, but like, I um, had the choice to let more stressors in. And even in those, when I got really bad, I took a contract to take on more days at work. Mm. Now, I felt like I was doing a good thing. You know, one, making money for my family. Two, um, it was a devastating time. It was a devastating time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I might as well just be there. I might as well just be there for these people, you know? And so, you know, I chose that and I chose to let those stressors in. And that got me to my breaking point. And that was a choice I made and to have to own that and say, I, I let that in. And I could have chose to give myself a break earlier. I could have chose not to take those contracts, those Mm -hmm. extra days. I could have chose to tell the people at work I needed the lighter load for the day. I could have chose not to jump into the fire every single day. Um, So, and I could have chose, you know, even the situations that were causing me more stress for whatever reason, you know, if there was a patient that I, you know, had gotten a relationship with, you know, that I could have chose to let someone else take care of them saying, you know, I can't do this today. Like I need to choose a different assignment because they're getting too close to my heart and it's hard for me to watch. Um, so, but, you know, kind of in the medical fields, were able to shut that off and I was able to shut it off for a time but I didn't realize you know when I went home how much those people and those things affected me I was able to do my job fine so that's where it became really tricky is that I kind of went into this robot work mode where I I just functioned Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but then at home would just crash into these deep dark you know places Mm -hmm. so um yeah, but God can use it and that's that's what he did. You know, he's used it to put me on this path where I just completely trust him and I know he's going to use me, you know, to do good things. You know, even right here this is such a good thing. I mean, if I had this podcast, if you had this podcast when you were going through what you did. Oh my gosh. You know, I I I I know. I know he's doing good things and I know he can use he can use it all. Wow. Wow.
0: This was good. Um, I'm learning. We we were just holding hands half of the time. Like we we're just, <laughs> we we're just in it. You know, um, this was so good. So after your whole journey, mm-hmm. dealing with stress, um, what advice would you give someone else in a similar situation? Cause you know, we heard about nurses and mm-hmm. going through that and you have, um, burnout, yeah. you have, um, um, was a secondary trauma
2: yeah yeah
0: um, so you have like all these things and they're like um, most people that's in a medical field need to learn how to do self-care right methods, you know mm-hmm. and strategies and so what advice would you give to someone that's in a similar situation Mm. And not even just similar, but just, you know, going into those deep, dark moments and, you know, sitting in a pit and not being able to, to think that they can climb out or feel like they, you know, they yeah. can climb out of those pit. What advice would you give them?
2: I would say that um, your life is valuable above everything else. And, you know, you feel like you can't stop or take a break because you have all these people counting on you, you know, my kids, my house, I have to work, I'm doing, I have a house, I have um, bills to pay, I have this, I have that, I can't, I can't stop, I can't, you know, and that, that in itself is a big lie, Um, you know, you're not going to be able to pour into all those areas if there isn't a person left, to pour in, you know? Mm -hmm. So your life and your health is more valuable and needs to come first before that. And to make choices, uh, really being reflective and saying, okay, maybe not in the moment. This didn't stress me out so much. I handled this moment well, but reflectively, um, these things are oppressing me, you know, and I need to make a choice to push the stressors back so that I'm not so stressed. And that could be just a person, you know, there could be a person causing you stress, um, a family member, you know, and they're like, well, I can't, they're my mom, you know, but no, it's causing me stress and I'm not going to be able to function and love my mom if I am not well. So I need to put our relationship in this position with these so boundaries. So you yourself, yep. pour
0: into yep. yourself.
2: Yep mm-hmm. and so you have to make a choice to push back the stressors so that you don't become you know all consumed with stress. You know and some of that may be even things you like to do like you were saying mm-hmm. at the beginning. I'm glad you mentioned that um, because I really enjoy helping people but I can say yes to too many things. And then before I know it, I'm looking at my schedule and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be so stressful. And none of those people even like were pressing me to help them. You know, after I came out of the season of, you know, I took a step back from respiratory, I'm just a helper by nature. So I'm like, Oh, I can help you with this. I can do that. I can do that. And it was totally none of the people who are you know, pressing on me to help them. It was me who offered it up to them. So, um, and then come to look at my schedule. I'm like, Oh, I am, have not given myself any days of rest and am allowing myself to become stressed again. And, 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 and I think sometimes like when we're speaking, it's not for everyone.
0: Right. Because everyone has different personalities. Right. But we do have to look like Jesus yeah. says, sacrifice our life for others. You know what mm. I'm saying? Laying yeah. down your life. So we're not saying that you just think about you like, no, I need to do self-care just all for myself so I can, you know, we're right. not saying that you right. have to have intelligence. You have to have wisdom. You have to have balance wisdom. with all of these things because Jesus still, at the end of the day, he laid his life down for us, but he also did go up and pray. He mm. also did have times by himself to, you know, recharge his back. Batteries, If you want to say that, right. you know, he also had time where he went to God and he was just praying and praying and he gave, you know, the disciples instructions on what to do, but he still needed that time right. to pour back in so he can, you know, come down and, and um, fulfill his purpose. Right. So like, we're not. Literally saying, Oh, be about yourself, you know, put your mask on before you put it on everyone else, you know. Right, right. <laughs> We're not just basically saying, Think about yourself, because we definitely know, like, the core of the gospel is spreading. Right. Spreading the good news. You're right. spreading, which means you're helping someone, you're pouring out to mm-hmm. other people. So, that's not what we're saying. What we are saying is you need to have wisdom to know, okay, I'm about to go down this path. Something is wrong. Something is off, you know, and I need to get to a place where I need to pour back into things that makes me me mm-hmm. to be able to go back and have the energy to, to um, go out in the world and, and, and love on people. Because mm-hmm. loving is going in them deep, deep um, areas with people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even if it is your mom, even right. if it's your job, even if it is these things, because, you know, one thing that um, you mentioned was I've, I could have not taken mm-hmm. so many hours at my yeah. job. Yeah. But then I, in my heart, you know, I was thinking, like, but those people wouldn't have had that touch from you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I just think, um, we just need a balance. Maybe if you did have methods and strategies, or maybe if you could have, you know, released in another area, we just got to know us, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, okay, maybe if I did pick up this, I can cut this out and do this, or I can go up to that mountain and talk to God about this. I think, we're like you said, that that autopilot, we just kind of just do. Yeah. And we just do. And it's like, you didn't have nothing to kind of like, pick you up
2: right right
0: because you were carrying everything right you know and I just think it's very important guys like when we go through things or when we're expressing or we're sharing testimonies it's unique mm. but you can pick up areas and pick up pieces that you know that benefits you because you the only one that knows you mm. and so I know like for um Rochelle she's totally different than me guys but we we <laughs> mesh together really well Um, And it's so many things that I just love to take from her. I'm just like, wow, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. And it's not envy, it's not jealousy, and it's not coveting, but I learn. I sit there and I learn, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. I can be like that, okay, I don't have to be perfect at this, I can do this, I can do that, and she's just really free-flowing, guys, like, really, I mean, this whole podcast, she is just speaking, just speaking, and speaking from the heart, and I'm more like, okay, I need structure, I need <laughs> I need this, and so we're we're so different, um, but I will say in other areas, she look at me the same way, yep. and we just have to recognize that we are all unique, and we handle things differently, differently but i'm i know if you have heard anything on this podcast so far this testimony can really help because we don't have to be um nurses we don't have to be in the medical field to understand where she's coming from going into that pit because we all have something that can make us go in that pit it does not have to be Mm -hmm. covid it does not have to be um certain things that i expressed you know it could be anything Mm -hmm. you know and sometimes we just got to realize like okay I understand and Mm. this is where I need to go and knowing that God is with me and I can hand it to him, Mm. you know, and so.
2: I do want to say one last thing, mm. Um, since you you brought that up, you don't, you know, you don't have to have something that got you to that depression and I I have been depressed in the past Mm. where I didn't know why and I felt like everything in my life was good and that almost made it harder. That's so good because I didn't have a reason why. Now I can say with this season, I I definitely did have a reason why. But mm-hmm. I will say that times in the past, um, I've had seasons of depression where everything was good. Mm-hmm. Like I had a good family, my husband was good, my children were good, and I was just mentally in a deep dark place. And I just would like to say that those times are valid too. Oh, that They're is so, good. so valid and um, just because you're not going it through anything exterior-wise doesn't mean that what you're feeling, your emotions, your thoughts aren't real. They're very real and um, they warrant getting help too.
0: That is so good because everybody's different. Yeah. Because like, some people can take it and say, well, I'm not really going through nothing, but I'm feeling everything that she's right. expressing. Yeah. That is so good. Wow. Yep. So, how do you see stress in all five forces? So, coming from the biological standpoint, The Mm -hmm. psychological standpoint, you touched on it. You touched on, um, you know, how you understanding your hormones and chemicals and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. The sociocultural uh, standpoint, the spiritual and the life cycle, like just your age as well, like handling it. I mean, we kind of spoke on those things because it's like we were in our 20s and now we're in our 30s, you know. But um, from all those five forces, Mm -hmm. how would you wrap stress into all of those?
2: Ooh. Um. I guess I would say that stress in a biological sense just really affects you down to the cellular level. I mean, we really talked about it, you're releasing um it's cortisol, it's a hormone that gets released by stress. You know, God created us in this this way mm. and um that um it affects our bodies, you know. Um so, it really affects it down to the every, the cellular level, and I think that um, we don't like see ourselves, That that's so difficult about it is you're not like, you see yourself as a whole as a person and you you really are in tune with yourself with um, as far as your emotions and how you're feeling doing you know you ask someone how they're doing you're going to ask on that sense but to understand that there is a very biological process to all of this and hormones are released and secreted and chemicals change within your body um, just know that there's so much more to it and that there are people with wisdom on um how to help treat you and get you better and to seek out those resources that can help you in those times you know it's okay it's okay to see someone i needed to be on medicine. You know, I needed medicine at the time to pull my brain out of these thoughts. There was, there was something chemically going on in my brain from all of the grief I had experienced from all of, you know, those stress hormones that were secreted within my body. It changes, it literally physically changes your brain. Um, and it's worth, you know, there is help out there to get it back on track, to get uh, new pathways you know, created. And I will say that it, it, it's hard and trying different methods. Some of them don't work and then you get discouraged. Um, even with the biological sense, mm-hmm. some of the medicines don't work. I would say the first medicine I was on, um, I guess, I don't know if you wanted to go here, but I think we will because I feel like the Spirit's leading. Um, I might might be, you know, having these mini seizures. I'm actually going through a test um, in a day. Today, I'm having a test for these seizures that I might be having. They're just mini ones. Um, And one of the medicines I was on lowered the threshold for those seizures. And so I was spacing out a hundred times more a day. Mm. And so that first medicine, it helped me pull me out of um, the really bad suicidal thoughts, but it was making me space out a hundred times more. So um, you just have to know that there's a biological aspect to this. And they were able to recognize that. Luckily, there's someone who was able to recognize, hey, you're, you know, spacing out more. This might be affecting that even though it helped you in this area and so it disappointed me to have to change again and go through a whole nother process of finding what worked for me um i i was angry like i was angry that they i thought i'm like there is no way i'm having these seizures you guys are crazy you know and i don't want to change medicines we'll come to find out the second medicine worked so much better for me Wow. and um if i would have been stuck in that um I wouldn't have, you know, gotten to a point where I was actually even better. Um, So you just have to have like an open mind and be willing to try different avenues. But I know it's hard because it is a process and it takes weeks sometimes to work through these things and it takes months and it takes years. And so we want those quick fixes. But from a biological standpoint, you need to be wise that this isn't just hey i'm feeling bad or i'm feeling stressed today you know there's be there's different um, hormones being released in your body um, that are making changes to your actual brain and you need to be you know mindful of it and get people in your life who have the knowledge to take care of those things and see and that's one thing that's the reason why i
0: wanted to create the podcast around the five forces, because Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we kind of like put them all together and Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the case. So from a spiritual standpoint, people will say you don't need no medicine. You only need the Lord, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and I feel like we don't really spend time in knowing who we are in the Lord. Like you said, God has created hormones. God has created these things. And sometimes we can be um, off a little, but from a biological standpoint, uh, I don't encourage anyone to do anything that they haven't researched about. Yeah, And that's right. from a spiritual. Because um, when we talk about spiritual, that doesn't mean that everyone is a Christian. Right. So if I say, oh, you know, go pray, who are you praying to, what mm-hmm. are you praying to? Right. So even from a biological standpoint, when it comes to uh, dealing with doctors, dealing with medicine, you have to make sure that, again, you're uniquely you. Right. You have to make sure that what you're putting in your body, who you're going to really mm-hmm. works for you. And like you said, you had to test, you had these results, you had these yep. things happen. Yep. And for you, it was beneficial. Right. Some people it's not, and right. some people it is. Right. And um, I just encourage everyone to be uniquely them and to um, yep. explore all of it. Because you have a good and a bad on every side. Mm-hmm. So you have the pharmaceuticals, you have you know, the, the deeper demonic things that can happen with all the the chemicals and medicines that come about in history. But then you also have the good things that God has created on this earth to not be mixed together to help you. So I believe that um, you got to have balance, but you're in the middle. And I'm so thankful that she's talking about her testimony, Mm. because as you heard, she knows she's with the Lord. Mm. But in just one area of the forces, that biological standpoint. Yep you had to go out and seek and so i think sometimes when we just think oh well we're spiritual Right. Yeah, but you have you have your mind, you have your brain, yeah. you have your traditions, your culture, your family, yeah. you have God, and you have your age all wrapped in one. And you can't just use one solution for one right. area. It has to all come together and connect. Right. So that's why I asked you, like, how all the five forces working. So your biological standpoint, that's your testimony. Right. And that's so huge. Right. It's so huge because a lot of people dismiss it. Right. A lot of people want to get um Offended by it. Right. And I know so many Christian doctors yeah. that it's like, they have a standpoint that is so good. Yeah. And then I have, I've seen other doctors that don't. Yeah. So I just, I, I am so thankful that the uh, path that you took benefited it you did. and it was fruitful in your life, right. you know? And like I said, I encourage everyone to to, to seek that, to seek um, resources that would help. And like I said, it might not be for everybody. Right. I mean, because you just got of different people in the world. Yeah. Well, and
2: I will say that I was in a place previously, the last time I ex- had experienced, you know, depression, I, my mind wasn't open to taking any kind of medicine. Um, I was just mm-hmm. in that, like you're sinning or something. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what I thought, but I, I thought that it wasn't like christian of me or something like that um and in that time god still pulled me out you know so people change and you not you can't use the same avenues always and i maybe didn't need that medicine in the past whereas this point in time mm, i do that's good that's and so good. That, is,
0: that that Hits it right yeah there,
2: well and then one last thing I just wanted to say on that biological standpoint is that you know we go to the doctor to take care of our bodies and we forget about our brain our brain is a complex organ it's so um, you know so complex and l- if you had a pancreas that wasn't working, you would take insulin for your pancreas. So I think we have such a stigma against medicines for the brain, but it's a complex organ and sometimes there's things wrong with it. And it's okay to seek you know, opportunities to be able to fix that organ. It's an organ inside your body biologically. Um, and I, I feel you if you're not open to it, Um, Because I was in that place before, but um, in this season of my life, I know that um, I needed that and that, you know, pulled me out of, helped pull me out of the pit and God used it. He really did.
0: Okay. What about the psychological standpoint? That kind of goes with what you were just talking about with the mind. Yeah. So...
2: Hmm. Psychological. Oh, this is your, this is your neck of the woods. (laughs) (laughs) You, uh, have studied the psychology. Um, psychological. Oh, there's so much help out there to deal with stress from a psychological standpoint. Um, my counselor gave me, so many practical things to do, Mm -hmm. from a psychology standpoint, and I am very much a practical person. So um, he even told me, one of the things that helped me was, um, he told me to do something that I enjoyed, that engaged all five senses. And this was very hard for me. And he's like, pick something small that you're, you know, able to do set aside two or three hours of the day for you to do it or whatever time, um, you would need. Um, he said, make sure like your husband takes care of the kids. So you're not distracted. And so what I came up with was that I liked to do my hair. And so during that time, Um, and I couldn't do it a lot of days. I'll be honest, like he told me to do this, but I literally could not do it several days. Um, but there was a time where I could step into that and, um, engage all of my five senses and think about it and enjoy it in a, um, I felt like it was very much a, a method to, um, bring me better. Or get me better, um, and I was able to smell the things that I was putting in my hair, and think about what I was doing, and like that is something that he like learned from like a psychological standpoint, mm-hmm. um, and his training as a counselor, um, and so another day i can't remember what he he said um you know think of something in the future that you would enjoy what you want to do and so like this is so cool because god tied this together in a spiritual um standpoint and i said i want to be a grandma like i am so excited to be a grandma and um so what was beautiful about this is that when I went to church after this, and, and this is kind of graphic, but I, I feel like there's an openness here to, to be able to talk about it, um, so my suicidal ideations kind of transformed into a place where um, I just saw myself. I had this vision of myself like shooting myself and going to a certain place. Um, and I had this awful graphic vision in my head over and over. So I went to church, which I, you know, thought should be better. And I'm at church and the whole entire sermon, all I can see is myself shooting myself over and over again and my head hitting the window. And I'm thinking like, oh, the sermon, you know, like a church should be helping, blah, blah, blah. So at the end of the service, they're like, you know, this is a safe, he's just like kind of spoke like the altar is a safe. Place to come to God and pray and I did not want you know people who knew about my problem to you know come and pray for me and speak to me because I, I really couldn't understand voices at this time and so I was really nervous to you know go up there but I sat there on this I went up to the front and sat on the side of the bench and all of a sudden um, Mariah you know Mariah she came up with her little baby. Um, And she had a baby in her arms and he started to cry and all I could think was I need to hear my grandbabies cry Mm -hmm. and um, The day before I had spoken about that with my counselor who you know went through these psychological processes with me and how um, You're thinking of a permanent um, means to a temporary situation. You're th- thinking of a permanent solution to a temporary situ- situation is what he kept telling me from a psychological standpoint. So you need to think in the future and think of something that you want to do in the future. So he took that um, psychological standpoint and then we I walked into church and God used it in a spiritual place. And I heard that baby cry and I said, I need to hear Um, I need to hear my grandchildren cry and the people, the two ladies that came up to pray for me, um, were grandmas, new Mm. grandmothers. They were brand new grandmothers. And I opened my eyes and I like said, it's the grandmas. (laughs) And so one of these ladies does- The grandma game. Yes, it's the grandmas. And so that's exactly what I needed in that moment. And one of these ladies likes to talk. And she told me specifically, she said, I cannot speak right now. The Lord is telling me not to speak and just sit with you. And that was so, you know- like, prophetic and instrumental Mm -hmm. on her point because I could not handle, you know, someone speaking to me in my brain. And so they came to pray for me and, like, it pulled me out of that terrible um, vision that I was seeing over and over and over into a place of... The grandmas and they had no idea but they brought their grandchildren their grandchildren ran up from the back of the church and they just surrounded them Mm. and they talked about without even knowing i also talked about this with my counselor the day before he said maybe pick out a name that you want to be called when you're a grandma and without even knowing the next day she came up and was like I chose the name Nana, but then when my grandchild came up and called me Nani, I was just Nani from there. And it was so overwhelming, like the Lord just met me and was like, um, speaking into me like, you know, about this psychological process, but making it spiritual to me. And it was just such a beautiful moment. Um, and they, all the grandbabies just surrounded me and I was like, like he's here. Like he's speaking to me directly in this moment and even specifically about the name, you know. So you just tied in your mind and the spiritual aspect. Yes.
0: You just tied see that's why they connect. Yeah. You know, they because you connect. just talked about it. And um one thing that stuck out when you said, um, God met you. Mm. Like, he met you where you were. Yeah. Like, he used where you were... Right. ...in order to get you out. So, um, the sociocultural perspective, basically... Um, how do you see stress in that area when it comes to your culture your tradition your upbringing like because oh, the, the yeah. reason why you handle it the way yeah. you probably handle it is yeah pricing your mom and dad do it you pricing yep. your grandmother do it you're probably seeing your aunties just uh, different type of people around you your coaches your teachers like how did you come to the point where this is how i'm gonna handle stress this is mm-hmm. how i am going to take it i'm going to ignore it yeah. or you know i'm going to do something about it or i'm gonna just get angry at it or i'm gonna go to god about it because some people don't you know they don't have that christian upbringing like me i yeah. didn't have that christian upbringing yeah to the point where i was going to church and i was just laid out at the altar or you know just praying or even reading my bible so when i dealt with stress it wasn't necessarily in the way that i deal with it now
2: yeah yeah i will say um from a standpoint with my mom she is very much a doer as well and we both you know we both are alike in that sense. She's a little more fast-paced than me, if you mm-hmm. know, that. But we both like to do things for people and serve people. Um, but as far as when stress comes about, I don't think, um, and it might be just the era that she was raised in. Um, you know, we, we they didn't talk about mental health a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think that even when I came to her with, hey, I'm you know going through this um she really didn't understand it she couldn't comprehend it um which is okay you know it's totally okay it's just a different point of view um because they didn't they didn't really deal with it and life cycle yeah in the um when she was young you know there wasn't a such thing as like counselors like that was unheard of Mm. you know you might have went to the loony bin or whatever (laughs) is what they would have called it back then um and the funny thing is is that people dealt with it i had a grandmother um my well great grandmother my grandfather's mother um her husband died from mustard gas poisoning from world war one and so she had to raise four children on her own and she basically you know for lack of better words, they would just say she went crazy. That's what how people would tell the story. But really, she was dealing with depression, you know, she was dealing with all of these mm-hmm. things. And she couldn't care for her children anymore. And they didn't have resources mm-hmm. back then for people to help her, you know, and so she uh, my grandpa was put up for adoption, so I feel like for all of time you know that was World War one people were dealing with these things, but we as a society like chose to um help people in different ways, which, you know, a lot of that wasn't good, you know, a hundred years ago. Whereas now, um, we're becoming more aware and can at least be reflective and see, okay, we need to do things about this. We have a science to this. We have a biological aspect. We have a spiritual aspect. Um, we don't have to do things the way, um, our parents did excuse me, or the way, you know, anyone else did, um, we can change, we can be open to new things and, um, you know, deal with things in new ways, but it does have wow. an effect because, you know, you are taught to deal with things a certain way from your childhood and you just bring that up with you. And if you don't open your mind to new doors and new avenues, you know, you're just going to stay in that same process. So.
0: Wow. And that, I- I thank you for going through the generation because that was the thing. The life cycle is about, you know, ages. And I remember speaking on that, like women in, you know, um, in those days, whatever days those those were, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they, um... They were just dealing with putting food on the table, Mm -hmm. like making bread was like an hour, two hour, three hour type of journey for them through their, you know, through their day, and like we're dealing with butt injections and Botox, and (laughs) like we're getting stressed over, you know, just I wouldn't say unnecessary, but we're just dealing with things that they wasn't dealing with. We're not thinking about how this bread is going to rise and the Mm -hmm. window and two hours it has to be done because my husband is getting home from work. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They Mm were dealing with different things but we all have stress like Mm -hmm. everybody's mountain is not the same so when we kind of look at this generation like because even with us like i'm looking at the 20 year olds i'm like i would not be stressing over that like Mm -hmm. i would not stress over who liked this post and this that and the other Mm -hmm. but now i'm getting into the podcast world and i'm just like Mm-hmm. It's stressful just trying to make sure you get enough downloads or you know, you get enough listeners. Yeah. And so you kinda see it's like we're we're not the same. We go through similar things, but the way we think of how we should deal with stress is totally different. Mm-hmm. And right. it's not wrong, it's just different. I loved how you put on um, with your mom, like she just couldn't understand, you mm-hmm. know. So I love that because it's not like you're saying she was wrong in how she approached you or how she yeah. didn't approach you. Right. It was just coming from a different lens that she just right. couldn't comprehend because there's a lot of things I can't comprehend with right. this younger generation, but that doesn't mean I didn't um, want to understand or I don't have sympathy for right. you or right. em- empathize with you. I just, you know, it's going to take me a, a longer time to, to, to get, get it there. because yeah. it wasn't in my era. Right. Right if that make any sense oh
2: yeah that's good so good wow
0: okay it's <laughs> awesome um, which person in the bible do you feel deals with stress and how did they handle it
2: mm. oh well immediately I kind of come up with um, Paul with a thorn in his side Mm. I don't know why. I just felt a thorn in my eye <laughs> by you saying it. <laughs> Sometimes we deal with things that are stuck for a while. And that's hard to admit and to say. And it's hard to continue to serve God with a thorn in our side. And I think that is where, you know, the rubber meets the road for a lack of a better cliche for me to bring up but like that's where it comes down to it for me is that um, you still have to make the choice or I still had to make the choice I got to a point where I was still um, not completely out of this dark period and I was still I was you know not in the deep dark place but I wasn't completely whole and I told God I said, God, if I have to deal with this every day of my life for the rest of my life, I will still serve you. Mm. And so um, I guess that's it for me. Like that's stress to have a thorn in your side, to have stuff that you're dealing with, but still choosing to say, I'm going to give it to you anyway. I'm going to follow you anyway. You know, that's 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 what comes to my mind. So what would you leave us today to do
0: when it comes to stressing out as women? Mm.
2: Stress. I would love to just say, don't stress. <laughs> I would don't love stress, to- get help. <laughs> no, yeah, I would love to just say, don't, don't, don't do it. Don't stress, don't stress, don't sweat the small stuff. But I know that that's, that's not going to work. It's not going to work to just say that so simplistically um, because it's so deep and intertwined with all of those avenues that you just um, spoke about, you know. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I would say is be aware, look, watch, see, Look at yourself, be aware of yourself. Just, you know, if that's the first step you can take, if you can't take getting to help right away, or you don't even maybe realize how stressed you are because I was in a phase where I didn't realize how bad I was doing for a while, um, just start to look. Look mm. at yourself and see, and see which things are causing you more stress. See which things relieve that stress. See which things help, see which things you can't handle. You know, look and see, um, look for the doors God is giving you Mm -hmm. for your ways out and start to explore them. So yeah, that's what I would say is just start to reflect and look and see. Hmm. Okay,
0: so last but the most important question on this podcast (laughs) is... Which stress joke on my previous episodes made you laugh the most?
2: Oh. So I think that my favorite joke is actually going to be today's jokes that you didn't even realize you told. (laughs) But you were introducing Sharon nuggets. Sharon, Nugget, Sharon nuggets Sharon nuggets we're using all is of our five senses today. my favorite <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite joke that well, you told I, I, i'm telling
0: you i think i am at my Comedic name is CC Giggles. I think I have a gift of making people laugh. No. My husband will beg to differ. He's like, you is not funny. And with a name See? called CC Giggles, is not funny. It's <laughs> pretty but terrible. I'm like, I need a joke every time because I just CC Giggles.
2: <laughs> oh my god. It gets me
0: going, you know. It's just it just feels good to laugh sometimes, you know. So I think I'm funny. I don't care what nobody thinks. I'm
2: introducing my <laughs> friend Sharon Nuggets. <laughs> I'm introducing my I'll be Sharon Nuggets. <laughs> and you be cc giggles <laughs> and your husband will be mortified <laughs> yes he will be shaking his head like, like why why <laughs>
0: why
2: <laughs> Why do you think you funny because <laughs> i do i really
0: do i'm cracking up <laughs> it.
2: so Sharon nuggets and cc, CC giggles, giggles. <laughs> we're out
0: hey arrangers To listen to more interviews like this in the future, please become a Patreon member today by choosing Tier 2 called Thank Yous at the end, Tier 3 called Ask Me Anything, or Tier 4, the Deep Dive into Special Topics membership. I would really like to move forward with more interviews on women sharing their stories, and I can only do that with the help of my listeners. Thank you guys again for the support.
1: Thank you for listening to Arranging Us with Carvinta Collins. By choosing to spend a portion of your limited time today with your ears and brain space, we hope this session has been beneficial and fruitful. Come back often, and we will appreciate it if you subscribe, share with others, post about it on social media, and rate and review. Please support us on patreon.com forward slash arranging us or donate on Cash App using cash.app forward slash dollar sign arranging us and most importantly visit Carvinta Collins life coaching website to book an individual session on a budget at surviving scars again the website is surviving scars to find extra resources and more products it's very much appreciated we humbly thank you for listening and remember to detect check affect and accept what's going on in your life Have a blessed rest of your day.